yes, we do live in that world of instant gratification, but for sure, real estate is a long-term investment. And I can tell you a million different stories of clients that I've had in the past in the 13, 15 years I've been doing this where they bought a starter home mm -hmm. because number one, and the most important thing I preach to my clients is they were able to afford the monthly payment. Right. Take interest rates out, take the fact that, oh, the house was X amount of dollars when they buy bought mm -hmm. it, right? But it's, because let's be real, most people at their core look at what is going in and out of their bank account on a monthly basis, right? right? Whether you rent mm -hmm. and your rent's $2,800, great. you That's what you look at and go, yes. okay, we can afford this rent, right? right? Well, it's the same with mortgages. And obviously there's more benefits to owning a house. I, I, I don't need to dive into that aspect of it. But to summarize it, it's you're looking at its core as to how much money is going out of your bank account mm -hmm. every single month. And my goal, obviously, is to walk through with people and go, look, you can't afford this because yes. there is a difference between qualifying and affording, right? Right. And to give you an example, let's say there's someone that's a salaried employee that makes $20,000 a month, right? Mm -hmm. If they had no other debt, hypothetically, they could qualify for a payment that's like $9,000 a month. Right. But who the heck wants to have a $9,000 a month mortgage payment? So there's a difference between what you qualify for versus what you feel comfortable affording. Exactly. Because look, you still want to go on your trips and you know, mm -hmm. people like we were talking about earlier, you like going on vacations or you yeah. want to go hang out with friends and maybe go to the occasional dinner every once in a while. I'm like, you don't want to completely change your lifestyle, yeah, right? Feel restricted. So so going back to the whole game planning and about the long-term aspect of it is you sit there and you you buy a house that makes sense for you, whether it's a two-bed, two-bath condo. Cause it's just a newlywed and like, you right. don't need it. Now if they can afford something bigger, great. Absolutely. But most people, especially in this type of market that we're in right now, they're buying a true starter home, a three bed, two bath, um, two bed, two bath condo, three bed, two bath town home, you know, whatever it may be right at a price point that's a little bit lower, but then gradually over time, because we see normal appreciation in our market where, you know, on average, historically speaking, in Southern California, it's like 5%. Mm -hmm. So you buy, you know, $500,000 house, the house is worth 525000 and you didn't do anything. Right. You literally just paid the mortgage. Yeah. Or in this, you know, we always joke about with people who are renting, it's like, it's just like you paying the rent, right? Mm -hmm. But as long as you can afford it, and then four or five years down the road when baby number one comes on the way, mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, uh-oh, baby number two's now. Now you move out of necessity, yeah. but you've gained all of this equity during that period to where now you can leverage that to buy your next house. Mm -hmm. I think the average um, amount of homes that people have owned in their lifetime is something like three homes. Okay. And it's not because they're picky and they go, well, I bought the four bed, three bath, and I just want to now go buy the other four bed, three bath, and now I want to do this. Are there people like that? Absolutely. But I think the reason why it's three is the most, most people's journeys are the following. They buy a starter home, they then outgrow it, and then they buy their house that they'll be in for maybe the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. They move to the better school district they want to be in or the better part of the, the town that they want to be in. I mean, we have that out here, right? There's right. some places that people desire more than others, mm -hmm. right? I think it's just like any city, yeah. but that's where you sit there and you leverage that equity that you build over and over again to where you then are at a point where you're probably making more money in your job. Mm -hmm. You can fix your payment, obviously, but that payment stays relatively simple based off of the fact that you're building the equity of your house versus just trying to penny pinch and save outside of that. Right. Um, one of my best friends is the perfect example. And I guess I told you, I, we have a million examples of that, yeah. but one of my best friends, he bought a house, him and his sister actually bought a house 10 years ago. 
And, you know, we can argue, oh, prices of homes were, you know, way cheaper 10 years ago. Okay, they were also cheaper 20 years ago and 30 years ago, right? Exactly. So it's all relative. But the point of the story is they bought a house and it was like a two-bedroom house mm-hmm. in Newhall. Nothing crazy, but it was like, cool, we want to live here. Great. He got engaged about three years later. He then took his portion of the equity, mm-hmm. sold it. They, him and his wife bought a house in Saugus and they thought that they were like, great, this is our place. We're going to yeah. live here forever and stuff like that. And- you know, they had a great easy monthly payment, you know, worked affordability wise for them. And then they ended up having a kid. Great. Cool. They ended up having a second kid and realized, uh-oh, <laughs> like, uh-huh. And so now they're in a point, literally they're up the street from me, actually. They're here in Valencia yeah. and this is truly their forever house. But I joke about it and I go, and the house that he bought, by the way, was $800,000 house, but this was five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's probably worth over a million dollars yeah. now. But the point being, at the time, $800,000 was expensive for that. Exactly. Yeah. But the original house he bought was a $200,000 house. Mm-hmm. So how the heck does someone afford an $800,000 house right. when they started at a $200,000 house? It's because they were just investing in the fact of real estate, right? Yes. And that they gained appreciation they're getting during that time period. Because mm-hmm. again, instant gratification. You right. think that you just put a, the money in and all of a sudden... $100,000 later, here you go, right? Yes. And I think that's what we want to happen. That's not realistic, right? Yeah, that's not reality. And and you can talk to anyone's parents. I think they would say the same thing. It's like mm-hmm. they bought a house and then when it was time, they just leveraged that over to the next place. Right. But that's, I think, the tried and true way that people have been able to then move up into the house that they want to and mm-hmm. be in that forever house at that point in time. Right. Me and Katie did that. We had a condo literally down the street from here. Mm-hmm. We then bought our two-bed it was technically a three bed if you count the loft, right? But three bed, two bad. And then yeah. when we found out we were pregnant with Audrey, it was like, yeah. okay, we're all growing mm-hmm. and here we are. Mm-hmm. And there's no way I would have ever been able to afford the house I'm in if we didn't have that condo in the first place. Right, right. So and you got to start, you got to start somewhere. Yes. Otherwise it's going to just get harder and harder. And it's not that it's impossible. You just have to be at a point where you fully understand like, okay, at this point in time in my life, I can afford X. I can afford this Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that. And we also live in a world where people try and keep up with the Joneses. And I mean, you even touched on, you can say it too, but it's like, you felt like you had to have the house right away. Right, right. And the, you, the, now you're here and you're the like- The two-story oh. house with, with the four bedrooms. And, 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 you know, you guys, and it was just me and David and, back then. And, and that's my point. It's like, you'll yeah, get there. Right. You guys will. But like out of necessity right now- Exactly. Doesn't make sense, right? Yes. Like if it was just me and Katie, I wouldn't want a 3,500 square foot house. Mm-hmm. It's way too big. Why, right. What am I going to do with all that space? Right. But I think people want it just to say, just like, look what I have. Exactly. Yeah. So kind of checking yourself. What do you actually need? You and, know? and more importantly, like I said, too, is like you do other things outside of your house. Right. Like right. you guys go on a vacation. Yes. You like to go out with friends and go grab drinks or dinner or mm-hmm. I don't know. You just spend money elsewhere. Yes. And, you know, uh, is there a right and wrong way to spend your money? Sure. Everyone's got different little things like that. But it's mm-hmm. like that's where you talk to someone and go, okay, what is your lifestyle? How is this going to change? Yes. And then- does this fit in your plan? Yeah. And if it fits in your plan, you can afford this house. Mm-hmm. And then obviously everyone's like, oh, well, great. But then they're w- worried about taking the risk at that point. In time. Right. So, but that's where I come in and I evaluate and we kind of look at the big picture versus just the mortgage payment specifically. Yes. Yeah. Because like you said, you might just hear, hey, home prices are expensive and interest rates are way higher than they were two years ago. Well, yeah, of course that. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where if you block out that and you look at, okay, can you afford the monthly payment? Right. 
that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's really important too, is taking into account the lifestyle you want to be living. Um, because if you do accept the, you know, that high mortgage and then you're, what, what was the term you used? Uh, counting, counting your pennies. Yeah. Penny uh, pinching. You're eating ramen pinch. noodles and, yeah. and maybe not going on trips, you know. Right. If and that's also important to you, me, making sure that you're keeping that in mind as well. I, I had a client, you know, who he's a car guy. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a hobby that he has. Yeah. And, you know, he had payments that were thousands of dollars for these cars. And someone like me who's not a car guy, I'm like, why the heck would you have this? <laughs> yeah. But he looked at it he's like, you don't understand. Like, this is what I enjoy doing. Yeah. And it's like, great. Then we have to structure the price point of the house that you want based mm-hmm. off of you having these other liabilities. Yeah, exactly. Versus just going, oh, you can only qualify for this. Right. And then they don't understand why. Mm-hmm. But then you have to explain to them, like, look, because of and this other picture, thing. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I don't want to take that away from you. If that's what right. you enjoy doing, you know, you get let's other Let's just pe- take it into account. Yeah. Other people will go, you have to get rid of those. Otherwise, you can't buy out. It's like, no, let's just, let's manipulate it and mm-hmm. figure out where we can get to that point. Absolutely. So it, it, you just have to, you have to sit down. You have to listen to your clients. You have mm-hmm. to figure out what their wants and needs are. Yes. And then sometimes you have to take them off of the ledge and go, okay, hey, like we're not there yet, but right. like let's get you to here so that in five to 10 years, you can be here Absolutely. when that price point yeah. comes back and now it's more affordable or mm-hmm. it's you can realistically afford it at that point. Absolutely, time, right? yeah. I know that when David and I um, talked to you, we kind of left with so much information, felt so educated um, and kind of a little update on what we've been doing. We've been saving and putting money into an HYSA. Oh, love it. And so our plan is um, we don't plan on buying. We've now pushed it back one more year. So for two years. Yep. And so if we can continue to contribute into that account where the money is growing, um, then that will only help us, you know. But all of that action came out of the education and the knowledge that you shared with us. And, and you bring up a good point too, because it's like you guys came and sat with me because you were interested in buying a house, right. and you needed to know what the steps were, right? Mm-hmm. And you can you can go online and Google what it takes. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that you you have <laughs> you to anything you have to always meet with me otherwise you're gonna have no idea what it right. takes to buy a house of course you can go online and google or youtube or mm-hmm. i mean there's so many different outlets for that too right but uh, the point is you guys came and sat with me we put a plan into place mm-hmm. and we've maybe extended that plan now but that's okay yeah because like at this moment in time you guys aren't ready to buy a house. And I think that's totally fine, Mm -hmm. right? And I get people all the time, and I'm sure there's probably been memes that you've seen where it's like, oh man, I should have bought a house back in 2008 when I was six years old. It's like, (laughs) okay, that's a little unrealistic. But I even have people that are like, man, I should have bought three years ago when the rates were low or Mm -hmm. even the price points that felt high don't seem as high as they are now. It's like, yeah, we all wish we could have done that, but you weren't at a point where you were exactly. ready to do it. Yes. There's always a point where you're ready to enter the market. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the numbers and the perspective of it all becomes actually relative at that point yes. in time. Because it's true to your financial situation at that point in time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I have always really prided myself on taking the time to sit and look at the big picture mm-hmm. more than just someone that comes in and goes, 
Because I get this a lot too, where someone's like, hey, we went and saw an open house this weekend. It's a $950,000 house. What is it? I need to qual- I need to get qualified. That's what my agent told mm. me. Like, okay, let's look at your numbers. Right. We run it. We run the numbers. And Hey, you, you can't afford this. Mm. What do you mean I can't afford this? Because in their mind, they go, well, yeah, sure I can. Yes. And then you sit there and you break it down for them. They're like, okay, well then what do I need to do in order mm. to qualify? Okay, well, maybe we need to tackle this debt or you need mm. to save a little bit more Um you know, hey, is so-and-so going to be getting a raise anytime soon? You know, normal right. cost of living and inflation goes up. And, you know, these are things. Or you have the, the the heartfelt conversation with them and you say, you can't afford this price point right now. This mm-hmm. is realistically where you need to be. Yes. But we'll get you to that point at some time. But right. you've got to start here first to then and, yeah. go forward after And I can that. imagine that that's heart-wrenching because they're, they just went to that open house. You know, they're like ready to in their mind, ready to buy. Yeah. yeah I, so we have to be very thick skinned in our industry yeah. because I'm not going to say that we're the bearer of bad news sometimes, mm-hmm. but we put things in a perspective. I think we give them, and again, maybe lack of a better term, it's like a reality check. Mm-hmm. It's like, because in their mind you go, oh man, this house looks great. Right. Oh, it's 900. Okay. Well, maybe we can do this. And then you see the payment and they go, oh, wow. It's, and it's like, yeah. Like there's nothing I can do about that because that's just mm-hmm. currently what it is based off of your current financial situation. Yes. How do we change that? Let's put a plan in place. Right. Put more money down. Save here. Pay off this student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Pay off this car payment. Um, maybe you have fr- family friends, whoever it is, that are willing to gift you some funds for the time being. Like yeah. we, uh, I was just telling someone this the other day. Like I think six or seven transactions that are done for first time home buyers right now have some sort of gift being involved from their family. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because the parents want to help out their kids. They yes. know the struggle that they went through. Right. And you know, there was the joke about, oh, the boomers have all the money and this and that. And it's like, yeah, I, yeah they were there because look at all of the wealth that they built through real estate by right. owning their house. And now they're at a point where they want to be able to pass sure. that along to their kids yeah. too. Absolutely. So like, don't be embarrassed by that. Like if they want to help you out, yeah, take it, right? right? I think a lot of people are very proud about like, no, I want to do this on my own. And it's like, well, this can at least give you the stepping stone to get in the next direction. Right, right. Sure. And that's a whole thing on its own is learning to accept help. Yeah. I think we naturally as humans are very proud of the way that we do things. Mm-hmm. And you want to prove to the world. Yeah. You know, that especially you, now where the world can see everything we're doing. You oh, know, yeah. Social media. Yeah. And, like and, and it's so important that we just it goes back to kind of what we were talking about where it's like, if you focus on the people around you, like, and you're not trying to impress people, mm-hmm. but like you have a purpose in life. And like, for me, it's from a work standpoint, it's like, I want to get people into homes yeah. and I want them to feel comfortable yeah. understanding the process that it takes. And I think, again, it's one of my strongest qualities is when we actually enter into an escrow, they were like, this was so smooth. It was so easy. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe like, because you took the time and I felt totally fine. Like they're more stressed before getting into the actual escrow of the house yeah. versus during mm-hmm. where it should be the opposite. Yeah. You should be stressed when you're in it because, Hey, is this going to go through that sort of thing? And it's like more often than not, it's the exact opposite. And that means I've done my job properly. Mm-hmm. So they're well informed. They've got all the knowledge that you've shared with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think it's, you know, it's, it's important. I think that there's just like anything and, Again, I know I sound like a broken record, but it's like we can Google everything nowadays. Mm-hmm. We can look it up, but it's like we still value a professional's opinion about something. Yes. And I know you experience that with your clients all the time mm-hmm. too. Like 
you know, someone can listen to a podcast and might get the help that they need. But Absolutely. like sometimes they need to like, I need someone to hear what I'm saying. Right. And then from a professional, you give me advice or we put a plan together yes. to help you get that. Exactly. And that's the point is like, there's yeah. no better feeling when you've helped someone out. And we help Absolutely. people in different ways. Right. And for me, it's finances, obviously. For mm-hmm. you, it's personal health and wellness, yes. right? And it's it, it's why it's so important that we rely on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you do it in your line of work, but for me too, like, do I understand the tax benefits of owning a house? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what do I tell my clients all the time? I'm not a CPA. Yes. You need to advise, you yeah. need to talk to your finance or your CPA or, right. hey, how do you invest the money? Oh, here's what I would do. I'm <laughs> yeah. not a financial advisor though. You need to talk to a financial advisor. Right. Like, you can't be an all-in-one stop shop, but mm-hmm. you need to be able to have these outlets of people that you can rely on. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. It's I'm so sh- important and it's so valuable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, I've learned a lot over the years and I've, you know, grown in so many different ways and I've learned to kind of shape my business in the way that I want and block out the noise. Absolutely. You so know, important. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a competitive person and, and, you know, I don't like to say this, but it's like our job is a sales job if you mm-hmm. really think about it. But I've yeah. never looked at it that way right? because it's not about trying to get someone into a loan just to make money. Like, yeah, we all need to make money for sure to live and, you know, provide a good family or provide a good lifestyle for our families and stuff like that too. Yes. But for me, it's the idea of that you're really helping someone out. You're getting them into a point where, I mean, I and. I think most people, they want to eventually own some sort of property. Right. Like, I think that's everyone's goal. It's the American dream, right? Mm-hmm. It's the thing that we've always learned. But there's a sense of pride of owning an asset that yes. like you went, man, I worked so hard to get to this point mm-hmm. and here I am and look what I've accomplished. Yeah. And there's no better feeling than being involved in that process. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and when I think about you, like when you come to my mind, I don't think salesperson either, even though, you know, it is involved. Um, same thing for me. Um, but I, I wanted to let you know, like, I think, oh my gosh, he's got a wealth of knowledge. I want to learn. And that's why I was like, David, we have to go talk to Kevin. (laughs) He was like, okay. And, um, and again, I can't express just how much knowledge we gained. I think we talked for what, three hours. Yeah. It was almost three hours. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And it flew by and you know that you're a good educator when you can, you know, capture the people that you're talking to and and be sharing so like the the knowledge you shared, which is just so valuable. Um, and we walked out of there. David, I think he he said something along the lines of, "I feel so good." And to say that after talking to someone about buying a home, you know, usually it's like, "I'm scared, I'm nervous, I'm anxious." Um, but he left and he said he felt so good, and we've taken action toward um saving towards towards a down payment and i think that that's just so cool because that's the ripple effect that you sharing your knowledge has and again buying a house is probably the biggest financial commitment you're going to make in your life mm-hmm. you know in terms of the amount of money you're borrowing from a bank or mm-hmm. a lender like unless you're a business owner that's running a <laughs> a multi-million dollar corporation like yeah, yeah you're probably maybe going to borrow some you know different types of loans for that to build out your business but mm-hmm. i would say 90 percent of the country is this is the biggest financial commitment they're going to make in their life yes. and you want someone that you're going to be able to trust mm-hmm. and relate to mm-hmm. and 
you know, I say it all the time. It's like, there's a million loan officers out there. There's a million financial advisors, a million uh, CPAs, Mm -hmm. tax people, insurance agents. Like, why do you choose someone? It's because you establish a relationship with them and you trust that person, especially when it comes to money Mm -hmm. and the finance aspect Mm -hmm. of it. So. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up, I would love to know what your definition of thriving is. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I remember you asking me about it and, um, I don't know. I mean, I've listened to your podcast. I know what other people have defined it as. And it's funny as I was listening, I was like, I don't know if I would define, which is fine. Yeah. And that's why I like to ask everyone because it's it's different. Yeah. Because I mean, you look at the definition of thrive and it's like, okay, here's three options of what Mm -hmm. it is. And it's like, does it have to necessarily relate to that? Right. Right. It's like, no, you can have your own interpretation of it. Exactly. You know, for me, thriving has always been, and look, I already talked about it. Like, I grew up playing sports. I was mm-hmm. in a competitive environment from five years old all the way till I graduated. And, you know, I still coach. So like there's competitive nature there too. And thriving to me has always been like, look, you set a goal and you, all you're trying to do is achieve that goal mm-hmm. and you're willing to do absolutely anything to get that done. Yeah. And so for me, it's always been like, you know, the idea, oh man, geez, I had what I was just saying. Now I have to start over. (laughs) Um, Got it. No, it's okay. No, but like back to its core, right? The thriving aspect of it for me has always been like, here's a goal. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to get there. Well, what are you going to do? And it's like, it's hard work. It's not easy. Right. And you have to, but when you set that goal and it's truly a goal that you really want to accomplish, buying a house, Mm -hmm. losing 40 pounds, right? What are you going to do between now and the time that it's going to take to do that? Yes. And it helps you stay dedicated and keeps you motivated. And the, for lack of a better term, the euphoria you get from like achieving that is unbelievable. And so thriving to me, because it can ever evolve, Mm -hmm. like it can continue to change because, and we should, we should always set new goals every single Everyone's always got like a New Year's resolution, right? Yeah. And it's like, I've never thought about like a resolution where it's like, hey, I need to stop biting my nails, right? right. Or I want to quit drinking alcohol for a month. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's just more of like a, like, hey, let's make a little quick lifestyle change. And it's like, let's put something in place that you've always wanted to do and what you've always wanted to achieve, right? And then when you buckle down and you actually put the time and the effort, yes. because there's a true end goal. Like, and again, going back to the volleyball thing, for me, it's like, there's a true end result. Mm -hmm. You either won or you lost. Yeah. And there was nothing more disappointing, unfortunately, than losing. And you then go, okay, I hate that feeling. Mm -hmm. How do I make sure that that feeling doesn't happen again? Right. And it's up to you at that point Mm -hmm. in time to motivate yourself to then go, I need to be that much better the next time. Change your actions. A hundred percent. And so- to me, that's where I was going to say, like, I kind of twisted and turned the, the, the term of thriving. It's like, yeah. look, you have a goal in place. What are you going to do in terms of getting it done? Mm-hmm. But then the feeling afterwards is where you thrive in the sense of like, right. I did it. Like, I felt so accomplished and I was able to do exactly what I wanted to do because of all that hard work and dedication that I did too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have young kids, obviously. And there's going to be a point where we have conversations with them and we go, look, what are your interests? Mm-hmm. Like, and would I love for my kids to play sports? Absolutely. If they just show no interest in sports, yeah. I'm not going to force feed it on them. Right? right. 
But it's like, if my son wants to take a piano or my daughter's like, I want to be uh, a gymnast. Well, gymnast would be sports, but like, uh, I don't know, a coder. I'm just mm-hmm. making up something, right? Yes. Then great. We're going to like, if this is truly what you want to do and what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. you're going all in on it, right? And like, look, you try it out and if you don't like it, then yeah, we're not going to get force feed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you show me a true passion for it, like we want you to give it your 110% your all. Mm-hmm. And if you you walk away from it going, I gave everything that I possibly could in that situation, mm-hmm. then be proud of yourself. Yes. And, you know, we live in a world, like you said, where it's like everyone wants their kids to thrive. Right. You know, they want them to be successful in what they do. But success can come in so many different definitions. Absolutely. Yeah. And so... I think that's how I look at it is like, look, if you put your best foot forward and you really grinded it out and you just absolutely crushed it and knowing you walk away from the whole aspect of like, look, I busted my ass to get this thing done. Then that alone is worth the definition of thriving in my opinion. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, of course. I love that so much. Um, And thank you for hanging out with us today. Yeah, no, this was great. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So if listeners would like to connect with you, how can they go about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I have an Instagram page where, you know, we were talking about earlier where if you're looking for home information specific to the mortgage aspect, like what does it take to qualify? What are the rules and guidelines? And kind of just... I don't get in the nitty gritty where we're muddying the waters a whole lot, but it's more so of just like, hey, here's something that maybe you've always wondered about. Like, what does Melarus tax mean? Or, you know, what are the benefits of owning a house? Or, hey, why would it make sense to go this route versus this route in terms of the house you're looking to buy? It's just quick little one to two minute segments. Um, they can reach me on my Instagram page. It's KM Kerr. So K M K E R with just one R, two five. So KM Kerr, 25. Um, you can also call me, uh, should we say that? It's up to you. Phone numbers, I guess. Um, I could also put it in the show notes if you'd like, sure, however, yeah. whatever information you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. You can always reach me on my cell phone too. And then, um, you can also email me. It's Kevin at AugustaFinancial.com. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank it you. It was a pleasure having you and thank you drivers for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Thriving Purposefully podcast. If you loved today's episode, do me a favor and share a screenshot of this episode on Instagram story and tag me or leave a five-star review for my podcast on Spotify or iTunes. Your support means a lot and helps share the thriving movement. Thanks again for hanging out with me, Thrivers. Go out there and make today your best day yet.